the flesh. If you live in your flesh instead of walking in the spirit, you become bait, demon bait, demon food. And you can try to lift up the sword of the spirit. But let me tell you something. The sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, they change your character before they change the outcome on the field of battle. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against powers, against world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Now, I think you've heard a lot about this passage. I doubt if I even understand all that is there. But I'm not going to read that because I want to get to what I want to say. But he said... Um, at the end of it, verse 18, he says, With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known it with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak loudly and boldly as I ought to speak. So Tuesday night we'll be speaking to these street folks. And then Friday I'll be traveling to Kirksville, Missouri. And I wish I just had time to tell you all that God was doing that I'm seeing him do. A lot of it's not getting a lot of publicity and it doesn't need to. It's not about that, not about me. But when Angie says revival is coming, when she says there's a move of God coming, She's right, and when she says it's already here, she's right. And I'm, I'm neck deep in it, swimming in it. And we are seeing harvests, and we're seeing disciples made, and we're seeing people teach and preach, and we're seeing people worship God and love God and know God that we got in the middle of a gang war in Kirksville, Missouri. They literally walked into a house and killed, they shot four people, killed three of them. They shot a 22-year-old young man, but they failed to kill him. They shot him through the heart, but he lived. Then he watched them shoot the other three, a 20-year-old young man. They shot through the head. An 18-year-old young mother that happened to be in the same house, they shot her. And then they shot her 18-month-old baby. And they shot this within a few blocks from where I pastored for 20-plus years, had a church of thousand people there which the number doesn't mean anything I'm just saying that I labored 20 plus years in this town and loved this town and never seen anything like this in my life and it was a gang out of New York and Chicago and uh, they were called Latin Kings and I know this is on live stream and I know that that right there just puts me in trouble, but I know it was Latin Kings because they've already got the two guys that were the shooters in jail. They found them within three weeks. They arrested them because the kid they didn't kill identified them. But I went up a couple months later and did a funeral for the 20-year-old boy that got shot in the head. I don't have time. But I knew as a divine appointment that they called me the old preacher, the old pastor. They wanted 
the old guy and so I drove up there I left my church on a Sunday morning the funeral was at one or two o'clock or something in the afternoon and so I left my church and drove up there preached this funeral had about 200 230 Latin kings sitting in front of me plus some yokel kids the funeral directors were scared they were packing heat the police officers came in uh, plain clothes because they thought we don't know what could happen here this is a mess and uh, I grabbed a stool just like this and I went out into the aisle it was just too I sat in the aisle midway down I said I just want to talk to you guys and I said there's you have a problem here and I said if this young man could come back and talk to all of you here and I know you some of him you are his enemies some of you are his friends but he would tell you one thing that's appointed a man wants to die and then after that the judgment and I want you to know that what you do now will determine what happens then and you only have two options you're either going to go live with Jesus or you're going to go to hell for eternal torment and today if he were here no matter what you did or who pulled the trigger or who did what he would tell you guys just like that man did from Abraham's bosom you know he would say oh Lord you know speak to them send the prophets I said he's sending me but you got but I and I just shared the simple gospel and said you know you're all going you're going to die and go to hell unless you accept Jesus and we had about 20 young people get saved not all at that moment but over the next few weeks I kept going back every month and so now I go up I'll go up Friday night there's about 12 of them that have hung in with me and we go up every month on Friday night and we disciple them but they're of this generation that watches all this stuff so Sunday morning if, if uh, uh, they're, they're live streaming from our church they're there watching and listening to Sunday school and to church and I'm always interacting with them and the mother of this young man that got saved she's a part she's a regular part of our group and God is healing her and so why did I tell you that because I want you to do this part for me it says um, in verse 10 or verse 19 pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth that I will make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains and so here's what I ask you to do say this with me let's pray Steve full say pray Steve full I want you to pray me full I want you to pray for me that utterance be given if it worked for Paul then it has to work for us and a lot of times you come to church on Sunday morning and you just kind of sit, plop down in your chair and you sit through the music and it's soothing to your soul then you just open your mouth 
and expect mama bird to drop worms down in your mouth. Somebody feed me. You ever seen that? And the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. We don't live by weekly bread, we live by daily bread. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if you want, and then, and then after a while we go, I just gotta go somewhere else because they don't feed me there. They don't feed you because you didn't pray them full. Do you realize what they're facing every day? Do you realize the amount of problems they're hearing? It's not just yours, it's yours multiplied by hundreds. And not just people that come to this church, it's people that live in this town or live across the country. They're facing this stuff every day. God's given them to you. Pray them full. Angie came up this morning and she was a little full. I loved it. I walked in, Dixie was praying and prophesying. She's a little full. And that means you've been praying them full. I understand that. But I just said, in case there's one person that missed out on the memo, I just want to say, pray them full. <laughs> pray them full. And when you do that, you're putting on the whole armor of God and you're doing war. I, I want to I wanna talk about how to win a war, and I've already started, but on the 4th of July, um, we went up to our, our lake house with our family, and we, um, we just spent four days with all of our kids and our grandkids, and... Uh, and I watched um, the party that took place on that lake. And, uh, and it, was, it was a party. Boats were circulating. Drinks were happening. Fireworks were going off. You could hear at every cabin, every home, barbecues and kids playing and splashing and I don't know, it was just a party. It was fun and I thought it made me think of all the 4th of Julys that I've spent and the amount of fun we had and I've reached the age where I don't want to shoot off any more fireworks. But my sons-in-laws, they like shooting off fireworks and they like trying to burn down my boat dock, they like trying to burn down my house. <laughs> And I got to put up with it. Actually, it's quite fun. But so, but I gathered them all up the next day. And I just said, hey, in case you forget, let me tell you what we're celebrating here. And uh, we're <coughs> celebrating the fact that on July 4th, 1776, we declared independence from King George and England, and a nation was birthed. I read them this little quote. This is a part of a much larger article, but I want to read it to you. Um, on August the 2nd, 1776, the Congress members affixed their signatures to this parchment inside the Pennsylvania State House, later named Independence Hall. 
So they declared independence. Then they had to have some time to print it up because they worked a long time on getting the right words together. And then they had to have some time to print it up, but then they had to sign it. The first and largest signature was that of the President of the Congress, John Hancock of Massachusetts. Now listen to this. This is the part that struck me. The mood in the room was far from jubilant. All were aware of the magnitude of what they were undertaking. An act of high treason against the British crown that could cost each man his life. <coughs> Recalling the day many years later, Pennsylvania's Benjamin Rush wrote of the pensive and awful silence which pervaded the house where we were called up, one after another, to the table of the President of Congress to sign what was believed by many of that time to be our own death warrants. That's a little bit different atmosphere, isn't it? I want to read to you the last paragraph of this declaration that they signed, and, and I, I just want to, I want you to think about this. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the restitude of our intentions to do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, we solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connections between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. And that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do, do all other acts and things which independent states may have right do. And for the support of this declaration with the firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, listen to this, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. What a difference that is from the party-like atmosphere that we have dissolved this thing into. And I, I just want to, um, I just want you to think about how, you know, how, I want you to think about how little awareness we in this country have of the price that was paid to secure the freedoms that we enjoy and that we raise and educate our children in. I mean, it was an awful price. And I just, I don't have a long time to talk about that because I don't want to talk a long time today. But I would sure like to lodge some thinking points in your minds. And as you go here, there can be a soberness about you. Folks, we live, as messed up as she is, we live in, in one, I think, maybe the greatest country in the world. Right. Amen. And 
when you look at the founders and you look and 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 let me say this i don't think this nation is any more important than any other nation god works in nations he always has he always will so i'm not trying to make the united states of america as the premier place and we have our own sins we have our own downfallings and we have had and i mean we declared independence but we held a whole race of people in subject bondage for you know many years after that it wasn't until president lincoln came and the civil war happened that the hopes and dreams that are in the declaration are extended to every inhabitant of this land Amen. you want to hear something strange and and just to let you know uh I'm, I, you're gonna some of you will want to shoot me when this is over but I, and i don't really care about your political ideas right now for what i'm going to say but we just celebrated the 4th of July, and we also celebrated, month before that, we celebrated Juneteenth. Yeah. And Juneteenth is the celebration of the Emancipation Proclamation when Lincoln made it uh, I uh, illegal to own slaves. Yeah. Are you with me? During the Civil War. And so Juneteenth is a celebration that we've that many people celebrate, especially if you're black, because otherwise you'd still be you'd still be working in a plantation somewhere owned by white or whatever color slave owners. It's interesting that after all these years, we're in 2022, that just since Biden went into office, and I, I only have one good thing to say about Biden, and it's this. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm getting too political. But he made it a national holiday. He made the Emancipation Proclamation a, a, a holiday that the federal government celebrates nationwide. But did you know that out of 50 states, that only 26 of them ratified that? That almost half of our states still refuse to acknowledge that as a national holiday? We all agree on George Washington today, on President's Day. We all agree on the 4th of July. Do you understand what I'm saying? We all agree on Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and all that kind of thing. But here this guy is, he actually signed into law, or someone had him signed into law, this, this celebration that, man, slavery, this, this stench has been lifted off our nation. And we have over half of our states that are just pious enough to not be able to see things through another group's eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying? And just, it should have been an automatic. It should have been an automatic. So we still have some repenting to do. We still have some wrongs to right. And uh, so I'm not making us out to be perfect. I'm not making us out to be God's gift to the earth. God's gift to the earth came in the form of a baby in a manger. 
But I do want you to know that, that there was a process that had to happen for us to declare our independence from King George of England and England. And the process happened in 1774 and 1776 where the 13 colonies sent a Congress, sent representatives to Philadelphia. And in 1774, they were just trying to get enough unity to agree that we're tired of this guy's ways. But even in 1774, they didn't declare separation or independence. They just said, we now know what we all want. Let's go ask George for it. And they went and asked George for it, and he denied it. In fact, he started sending troops over to quell the rebellion. I'm talking about King George. There were two Georges that were central in the revolution. King George in England and George Washington in the states or the colonies. But what intrigued me was to figure out that if you look at the list of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, George Washington wasn't there. He did not sign. And I'll tell you why he didn't sign. And he was there at the first Congress. And one of the things they decided to do at the first Congress, because they knew there was a war coming, there was a fight brewing, that England wasn't just going to let him go. Okay? And uh, I got a funny story to tell you at the end, if I, if I remember. But, so the first Congress, the first act, they really did, beside deciding they wanted to be independent and they wanted George to release his authority, they appointed George Washington to be the general that would muster and train an army because they knew that when they declared independence that a war was going to break out and they needed to be ready to face the consequences of their decision. And so the reason he wasn't at the second Constitutional Congress was because he was training soldiers in the field of battle and they were preparing for an invasion. In fact, the invasion had already started coming in small forces, but once this declaration came out, it came in full force and it wasn't just a shipload of, of soldiers that came from England but it was ship's load and over 34,000 soldiers came to occupy this 13 colonies. So he had his hands full. He was waiting on word from Philadelphia and when the word came that we had declared our independence, he was so happy. He was a part of it, but he was remote. Does that make sense? And there's what I essentially want to get to you, and I want you to get these two points, and I want you to hold on to them, is that it doesn't matter what nation you're talking about, what person you're talking about, what situation you're talking about, the kingdom works this way, okay? That the first thing you have to do to win a war is you have to declare your independence from whoever is imprisoning you. You have to declare your independence, okay? The second thing you have to do is you have to pledge your allegiance to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to this new kingdom. You're translated out of a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And you begin to pray the prayer that's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But besides declaring confidence and pledging your allegiance, the next thing you've got to do is, number two, write these down. First thing I've got to do if I'm going to be free is I've got to declare my independence. The second thing I've got to do if I'm going to be free is I've got to fight like crazy. And your whole Christian life is going to be fighting like crazy. You are called to fight like crazy for the freedom that Christ obtained for you. It's kind of like when he told Moses, I'm going to give you this land. Now you go in and drive out the giants. Well, Lord, I thought if you were going to give it to me, you'd certainly drive them out. And he says, I will, but I'm going to do it. we're going to do it together. You're going to have to fight to take this ground back. And what, what, the, the, what I want you to see is what that fight looks like. What our components are parts of that fight. So that you can realize there is going to be this struggle and you're actually in it. But you may think you're failing when you're actually winning. And a part of the fight is just to worship together as a family. To worship as an individual. That's one of your greatest that's one of your greatest weapons. He, he defined him. He said, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, loins girt with truth, feet sod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and doing everything you can to stand, stand. Don't give ground. And pray at all times with all perseverance. And pray for me that the oracles of God will be given to me. Okay. So they were signing in, in, in Philadelphia, and George was fighting and training an army. And let me tell you something. Going into battle without proper training is not a good idea. Amen. And you know what happens to you your whole Christian life? You're in training for the next battle. You're in preparation for the coming battle. Now, I want to I share this with you, and then I'm going I'm to make this simple. How to win a war, okay? So the two points that I've given you so far is I've got to do what? Declare my independence, and I've got to fight like crazy. And guys, you never stop fighting. You've got to count your cost. You're going you're to go to your grave fighting. In fact, the Bible says the last enemy that you're going to defeat is death. <laughs> It's just the way it is. That's the last enemy. So I'm going to give you these points. I'm, I'm about finished here. I'm just going to give you these points, and I'm going to let you dress them up, okay, because I don't have the time. But at least I want to introduce these thoughts to you. These are my own thoughts. They're just, they may not be complete. You may do a better job of it. And I'm sorry if I failed in the history lecture. Some of you are probably way better historians than me. But you understand that the framework that I'm coming from that and, and it doesn't matter whether it's Israel or or you know a South American country or if it's North American country freedom comes the same way it's God working among the nations he puts kings up and brings them down but there's seven points and I'm not going to talk very long about seven I'm just going to read them and 
I may make a comment here or there, but we're almost finished. The first thing you've got to have as a component of the battle is you've got to have the power of a made-up mind. A double-minded man receives nothing from God. So you've got to decide, here too I plight my troth, my, my future, my very life, I'm going to serve God or die. Number two, you've got to have preparation and discipline. That's why Sister Dixie was talking about reading your Bibles. That's daily. Preparation and discipline, that's the sword of the Spirit. You've got to have it. The other thing that happens during the preparation time, time like they were talking about a Thursday night meeting with, with a, 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 I don't know what it was, but a group of people that were here and prophesying and stuff. That's part of the, that's part of the preparation. That's part of the battle. That's, they're actually fighting in the spirit when they're doing that. But what happens is you develop battle buddies. I got a battle buddy sitting here on the front row. Two years ago, I was here for a barn revival, two or three years ago. And she came over and gave me a word that changed my life. She says, can I give you that? Yeah. And she gave me a word. And I've been prophesied over by lots of people. But the timing and the depth and the scope of the word that she gave me bonded me. We're battle buddies. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you go into war not on your own. You go in with others. Dixie was talking about that, about the word this lady gave to them. Number three, timing and position. Timing's everything. You got to know when to do a thing. And you got to know where to do a thing from. If you don't have battleground, if you don't have field advantage, you're in trouble. Guess what your field advantage is? Is when you can get it through your head that I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Yeah, you got to know who you are. Number four, you got to have and you got to have accurate and reliable intelligence. You need to know your enemy. You need to have discernment. Dixie was talking about discernment, and I've been thinking a lot about discernment lately. In fact, I've been talking about, I've been thinking about it as I've come into this church, and all I can add, uh, maybe one little thing to what she said, is the definition of discernment, and it is knowing the difference. It's being able to tell the difference. And actually, discernment is the key to wisdom. It's like you've got to know the difference. You can't be stupid because he comes to deceive you. So you've got to have, have real intelligence. Number five, you need to know how to wait in a disciplined manner. Because many, many, many parts of battle are very discouraging or boring. You ever been through a season in your life you thought you were dry? You felt like you weren't in the battle? You were in the battle. You're just waiting on timing and position. And you're sharpening your sword. You're cleaning your rifle. It's not all the fury of the moment with shells exploding around you. Some of it is long marches moving from this position to that position. Some of it's just plain out grunt work. You gotta feed the troops, you gotta raise those kids, you gotta get them to school. But what am I doing when I'm doing all that? I'm fighting like crazy. It all pays the same, brother. And it's all got to be done. It's all got to be done. 
And uh, so you got to be able to have discipline in your waiting and enjoy the, be patient. Faith and patience work together. And then number six, so I told you I wasn't going to take long. And every one of these points, someone maybe will teach on, you guys may teach on it, but the number six is you got to have precision place fury. At the right time in the right place, you've got to have precision place fury. I was just watching a video this morning in the Ukraine-Russian war, how the Ukrainians sent up these drones and they found an entire uh, battalion or camp with artillery and they were shooting and destroying these mobile artillery installations and shooting and, and it was all on video. You can watch it on the internet today. And I'm telling you what, we're not just, I mean, we're talking about, remember, remember in, the, in the Gulf War when uh, Schwarzkopf was there and Bush number one was the president and they came up with these things, were they the Patriot missiles? Is that what they were? But they were precision place. They could shoot them down. Uh, they could shoot them, and they would go down chimneys. They would go in windows of houses. <laughs> Do you know that you need to have precision place wrath? And here's what precision place wrath or fury is. It's acts of faith. It's, it's heroic deeds. Nobody wants to reach out to that person. Nobody sees the potential in them. But you go and you put your arm around and you say, come on, let me help you. I don't know, they're deeds. No one wants to pray for them because they don't really believe they can be healed. But an heroic deed, someone rises in faith and lays hands on the sick and they recover. Or maybe it has to do with a contract. And it's, and it's like, I don't know if I should take this contract, but the Spirit tells me yes. Then you've got to be a hero. You've got to have courage to do that thing. And God will bless you for it. Uh, it also has to do with praise and prayer and prophecy and decrees and declarations and worship. Precision plays free. It has to do with encouraging yourself in the Lord. And then last but not least, number seven. It's establishing kingdom order. It's what to do after the battle is won. After the enemy has been vanquished. You can't just leave the land lie desolate. You've got to come in and write new constitution and new operating manuals. And you've got to set up government order in those fields or in those lives. That's what I'm doing in Kirksville. We took some ground, so I go up every month and I talk to people every day because I'm establishing the king's rule in the hearts of these individual people. Does that make sense? So those seven points are what I want to leave you with today. And I want to encourage you that when I talk about you, I make you famous as a house of prayer. And because honestly, everything that I'm saying, I believe you're doing. I'm not chiding you, I'm not correcting you. I really just want to encourage you and for those of you that are new here, I see many faces I don't know. That's the kind of church you're called to. It's not just here for your comfort, for your enjoyment, for you to be ministered to like little birds in a nest wanting to be fed. 
that you are here to be equipped and then to become a band of brothers and sisters that establish kingdom order and kingdom priorities in the land. And I love you. And I think about you all the time. And I pray for you. And I bless with you. I bless you. And I, and I pray for you. And I ask you to pray for us. Amen. You hear, we hear the word. We started out with fill our cup. Unless your cup's got a hole in it, you should have it full. Steve is freely given. I want us to bless him. I want us to show so in his ministry. So uh, just ask the Lord. Just obey the Lord. If you're making out a check, make it to Ascension Church and we'll give him a check. Steve and I have been through some battles. Oh, yeah. He was in a battle up there three or four years ago. In fact, we're all in a battle of some kind. Yeah. Are we ready to give? Alan's this mic still on? Yes, okay. Come on, don't shout me down now. Come on, we've, we've shouted and blessed the Lord. Let's stand up. We talked about worship. Giving is a form of worship. And Lord, we're worshiping. We thank you that you've sown into our lives. And we're sowing back into the kingdom. We're blessing you, Lord. We're blessing you now. And we're sowing into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. They'll pass the plates around. Any other word this morning? You got a word you need to, something you need to declare this morning? Okay. Ellen, come on. Um, I was at a prayer meeting down in Manford. Um, last week and there was an army guy as we called him when we were kids there and he he gave a, a kind of a testimony but you know about the Lord and how he was raised and how he carried that through his life and he was talking about you know the unity that the the guys and the gals now um, have to have when they're out there in war he was talking about how prayer for us is war and I saw all of a sudden all of these little lines interconnecting across the nation. And I know, of course, it's around the world. But I saw them. And I just knew there was strength in that. But I saw it in a way, kind of like a web. And the Lord spoke to me last night. And he said, there's a spider's web. There's a web on the internet. Now you've seen my web. And the strength and the protection that there is in that. And I was like, oh, Lord, this is you. This is, give us, give me more insight into how you see it. What is actually happening in the spirit when we do this. So praise him. Anyone else? 
you guys don't mind, I want you to sing a song with me. We'll just do it a cappella. But I, I heard this in the spirit, and, and uh, they, they've got some music playing. Maybe we can play that later. But this old, this old hymn just is, is something about that name. And there's a line in it that says, Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. But there's something about his name, and his name is above every name. Amen. So can we sing that little chorus? Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms will all pass away but there's something about that name Lord we thank you for this time we thank you we thank you. We don't want to ever take you for granted. And Lord, we ask you to fill Steve back up. Fill him back up. I thank you for everyone's here. I ask you to meet every need that's here. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Just don't miss Wednesday night.